Good morning. I'm Pastor Jason Van Bemmel from Forest Hill Presbyterian Church. Welcome to Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day. It's day 413 of our three-year journey through God's Word, one chapter at a time, and we're in 2 Samuel chapter 2. And 2 Samuel, the focus is on the kingship of David, and we're going to see David anointed king over Judah, while the other tribes continue to follow the house of Saul. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for another opportunity to be in your word. Thank you that your word is truth, and that it points us to your son, who is our salvation. We pray that you would write your word on our hearts today by the power of your Holy Spirit. Lead us in the truth that we might glorify you in our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 2 Samuel chapter 2. After this, David inquired of the Lord, Shall I go up into any of the cities of Judah? And the Lord said to him, Go up. David said, To which shall I go? And he said, To Hebron. So David went up there, and his two wives also. Ahinoam of Jezreel, and Abigail the widow of Nabal of Carmel. And David brought up his men who were with him, every one with his household, and they lived in the towns of Hebron. And the men of Judah came, and there they anointed David king over the house of Judah. When they told David it was the men of Jabesh-Gilead who buried Saul, David sent messengers to the men of Jabesh-Gilead and said to them, May you be blessed by the Lord, because you showed this loyalty to Saul your Lord and buried him. Now may the Lord show steadfast love and faithfulness to you, and I will do good to you because you have done this thing. Now therefore let your hands be strong and valiant, for Saul your Lord is dead, and the house of Judah has anointed me king over them. But Abner, the son of Ner, commander of Saul's army, took Ishbosheth, the son of Saul, and brought him over to Mahanaim, and he made him king over Gilead and the Asherites and Jezreel and Ephraim and Benjamin and all Israel. Ishbosheth, Saul's son, was forty years old when he began to reign over Israel, and he reigned two years. But the house of Judah followed David. And the time that David was king in Hebron over the house of Judah was seven years and six months. Oops, boy, I jumped. Uh, sorry. Abner the son of Ner and the servants of Ishbosheth the son of Saul went out from Mahanaim to Gibeon. And Joab the son of Zeruiah and the servants of David went out and met them at the pool of Gibeon. And they sat down the one on one side of the pool and the other on the other side of the pool. And Abner said to Joab, Let the young men arise and compete before us. And Joab said, Let them arise. Then they arose and passed over by number, twelve for Benjamin and Ishbosheth the son of Saul, and twelve of the servants of David. And each caught his opponent by the head, and thrust his sword in his opponent's side. So they fell down together. Therefore that place was called Helkath Hazurim, which is at Gibeon. And the battle was very fierce that day. And Abner and the men of Israel were beaten before the servants of David. 
And the three sons of Zeruiah were there, Joab, Abishai, and Asahel. Now Asahel was as swift as foot of foot as a gazelle, and Asahel pursued Abner. And as he went, he turned neither to the right hand nor to the left from following Abner. Then Abner looked behind him and said, Is it you, Asahel? And he answered, It is I. Abner said to him, Turn aside to your right hand or to, or to your left, and seize one of the young men and take his spoil. But Asahel would not turn aside from following him. And Abner said again to Asahel, Turn aside from following me. Why should I strike you to the ground? How then could I lift up my face to your brother Joab? But he refused to turn aside. Therefore, Abner struck him in the stomach with the butt of his spear, so that the spear came out at his back, and he fell there and died where he was. And all who came to the place where Asahel had fallen and died stood still. But Joab and Abishai pursued Abner, and as the sun was going down, they came to the hill of Amma, which lies before Gia on the way to the wilderness of Gibeon. And the people of Benjamin gathered themselves together behind Abner and became one group and took their stand on the top of a hill. Then Abner said to Joab, Shall the sword devour forever? Do you not know that the end will be bitter? How long will it be before you tell your people to turn from the pursuit of their brothers? And Joab said, As God lives, if you had not spoken, surely the men would not have given up the pursuit of their brothers until the morning. So Joab blew the trumpet, and all the men stopped and pursued Israel no more, nor did they fight any more. And Abner and his men went all that night through the Arabah. They crossed the Jordan, and marching the whole morning, they came to Mahanam. Joab returned from the pursuit of Abner. And when he had gathered all the people together, there were missing from David's servants nineteen men, besides Asahel. But the servants of David had struck down of Benjamin 360 of Abner's men. And they took up Asahel and buried him in the tomb of his father, which was at Bethlehem. And Joab and his men marched all night, and the day broke upon them at Hebron. And in Second Samuel chapter 2, this terrible civil war between the house of Judah and the rest of Israel. Civil wars are often bloody and personal and full of very painful conflict between people who would otherwise be fighting on the same side alongside each other. And we see some of that here. David has asked the Lord, he's inquired, shall I go up to the cities of Judah? And God tells him to go. And so he goes at the Lord's command, he even goes to the city that God directs him to. And when he gets there, with the men who are with him and everyone with his household. Again, this would be that company of about 600 men. The people in Hebron send notice throughout Judah and all the tribe of Judah, the elders of Judah come and they anoint David as king over the house of Judah. Now, they knew 
that the Lord, through Samuel the prophet, had anointed David to be king over Israel. They were, David was of their tribe, he was of their kinsmen, but they also knew that he had been chosen of the Lord and that he was, he was honored by God. And so they, they recognized, they, they, they affirmed, they confirmed God's anointing of David by crowning him and anointing him as king over the house of Judah. And then David's trying to make peace. And so he wants to send a message to the rest of Israel that there's no hard feelings, that he's not bitter about Saul. He's, in fact, lamenting Saul. We already saw that in the last chapter yesterday, that he, in fact, was genuinely lamenting Saul's death. And so when he's told that it was the men of Jabesh-Gilead who buried Saul, he sends messengers to Jabesh-Gilead to, to praise them, to bless them for their good that they've done. He wanted them to know that there's no hard feelings, that he's, he thinks they've done a good thing to honor Saul. And then he lets them know, by the way, the house of Judah has anointed me king over them. Now, this is a political move, you know, in a positive sense. It's not a negative thing, but he's, he's letting them know. Here a tribe has anointed me as king, but Abner. So that powerful little word, but, hinges passages in the Bible, sometimes for good, and sometimes in this case, eh, not for good. Abner, he's been the commander of Saul's army, which means he's been involved in the hunt for David for all those years. And he's known that David went over to the Philistines and served Achish, king of Gath, although he also knows that David wasn't in the battle, uh, the, the battle at Mount Gilboa that, where Saul and his sons were killed. But, you know, Abner is not going to accept David as king, when he was convinced, I think in his mind, from Saul, that David was an enemy to Saul and his family, and Abner had faithfully served Saul and his family. So there is a son of it of Saul, Ishbosheth. Now you gotta wonder about this son of Saul because he didn't fight in the battle at Mount Gilboa. So how good of a son, how qualified of a leader, how competent of, of a man is Ishbosheth? Well, his qualification is that he's a surviving son of Saul. And so that's good enough for Abner. He's going to try to keep the Saul dynasty alive, even though he had to have also known that the Lord, through the prophet Samuel, had anointed David to be king over Israel. So Abner is going with his sort of natural feelings, with his human loyalties, and against the word of God. He's doing what seems right in his own eyes. He's doing what seems right in the cultural standards of the day, and not what would actually be right according to the known word of the Lord through the prophet Samuel, where Samuel, God through Samuel had rejected Saul from being king and had chosen David instead. Abner's decision to disobey the word of God and to go after his own personal feelings and cultural acceptability is going to be a costly one because it begins this period of civil war that lasts for about two years. And we see the first battle here, this battle of Gibeon, which begins with a champion's contest. Remember the champion's contest of David and Goliath, very famous one. Well, here it's 12 men from each side. Let's have them 
face off against each other. Well, it's just a complete slaughter. Everybody dies. All 24 guys die because each one grabs their opponent by the hair. Each one thrusts their sword in their opponent's side. All 24 of them are dead. It's terrible. It's a tragedy. It should have been a wake-up call to say, what are we doing? This is, we can't keep doing this. But instead, human nature being what it is, it just is a breakout of a war and a very fierce battle. And then you have this troubling story of Asahel. You know, Asahel was one of David's mighty warriors. He's one of the 30. Later when we get the description of David's mighty men, you have the three and you have the 30 and you have the 300. Asahel's one of the 30. He's not one of the three. He's not one of the top uh, mightiest men, but he's in that next class. Joab, his brother, and even Abishai seem to have been better warriors, better men of war than Asahel. But Asahel is an experienced and seasoned warrior. But he's no match for Abner. Abner's been commander of the army of Israel for years. Abner has fought in many battles. Abner survived the Battle of Mount Gilboa, which was a horrible slaughter. And Abner knows that he can beat Asahel. And he's telling Asahel that he needs to turn aside. But perhaps Asahel, wanting to measure up to the standard of his older brothers, perhaps wanting to prove himself to be someone that David can rely on, he just doesn't give up the fight, even though he's warned. And so Abner stops very suddenly and thrusts his sword back, catching Asahel off guard, and the butt of his spear goes through his stomach and comes out the back. It's a pretty brutal way to die. But Abner is a very capable and very clever warrior, and so he's easily able to dispatch Asahel, and Asahel is not, it's not a match for him. Now this is going to be this is not going to sit well with Joab. Joab is a man who holds a grudge, and this is going to come back later. But for now, Asahel dies, and Joab and Abishai are pursuing Abner. And it's Abner who calls out and says, Come on, guys. This has got to be enough. Are we just going to keep going at this? And so, that's my paraphrase of what he says. Joab says, Okay. We'll stop. And he blows the trumpet and they stop. And look at the side effects of this. You have 19 men besides Asahel. So there's a total of 20 men who are killed from among David's servants. And then there's 360 of Abner's men. So it's a very one-sided battle. And this civil war is going to end up being won by Judah. I think you know that because David's going to end up being anointed king over all of Israel. But what do we get out of this chapter? I mean, it's it's full of drama, war, bloodshed, betrayal. What do we get from this? Well, one thing we get from this is, is we can see, we can learn from Abner's example that if we will follow our own heart, which the culture tells us to do, follow your heart. Do what you think is right. Choose your own future. Make your own path. You know, 
you only you can decide who you are, right? If you're going to go after what the culture says, and you're going to ignore what God says, then there's going to be consequences. And those consequences are unpredictable. They are disastrous. And they lead us into sorrow and regret. The other thing we see, though, is that God's purposes stand. God has chosen David to be king over Israel. And so even though Abner and the army of Israel, even though the vast majority of the tribes and the vast majority of the country are standing opposed to David, they will not stand. And that can give us confidence to know that if we are following the Lord, there's a contrast between what David does here. David inquires of the Lord and David obeys the voice of the Lord. And what Abner does, Abner just inquires of his own heart and mind in the culture and goes after his own heart and mind in the culture. And David, though outnumbered, he stands and God gives him the victory and God secures his kingship because God keeps his word. So when we have to decide, which we do have to decide every day, when we have to decide, are we going to follow the Lord and follow his word and seek to know his will that we might do it? Or are we going to follow the culture and follow our heart and do whatever we feel like doing? We need to know that we must follow the Lord. And then finally, we do see, again, David here as a type of Christ in that he is the Lord's anointed, not necessarily the popular choice of the people, not necessarily the popular choice of the powerful people. The people and the power brokers, they go with another choice. But because David is God's choice, David is the rightful king. Jesus is the anointed one of God who was rejected by the people, rejected by the leaders, but was given the victory by God because God had chosen him to be king forever. And he's such a better king than David. David has lots and lots of failures. But the best thing David does is point us to his greater son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, thank you that Jesus has won the victory against overwhelming odds with the world and Satan against him, all of our sin upon him. Jesus has won the victory. He swallowed up sin and death in his death and resurrection. The anointed one of the Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ, has won and he stands as king forevermore. He is not the world's choice, but he is your choice and he stands as king forever. Help us to follow King Jesus, not to follow our own hearts or minds, not to follow the culture and its opinions. Help us to follow King Jesus in every aspect of our lives today. Make us faithful to this end, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks for joining me for 2 Samuel 2. Tomorrow, Mike is going to be back and he's going to be leading you through a couple of psalms. So I've been doing most of the psalms, but Mike's going to come in and do a couple of psalms tomorrow. Looking forward to that. I hope you are too. And as always, I hope you have a blessed day in the Lord. Mm -hmm.